On Halftime, the world game with Carlos Alberto Diego from Fordiegos.com. For auction your car, car auction this Saturday. He always satisfies me, does Carlos Alberto Diego. He's back again on Halftime. Welcome, mate. How are you there, Half? Uh, I'd like to clarify something, though. And I love you, Half. Yes. But you've really misrepresented me. I'm not an expert with all things round. <laughs> In fact... The only thing round that I know a little bit about is football the, yeah. or the ball itself. Yeah, well, I couldn't control her either. I couldn't, you know, how... Well, heavy touch. Yeah, well, yeah heavy touch. <laughs> heavy touch, uh, a strike with a heavy touch and a late tackle. That's what, uh, <laughs> that's that me. That was me. Uh, lacked a yard. Uh, but I made it... Uh, Found a way. Uh, yeah, look, we, should we dedicate this show to my career? Or? I'm happy with that. I'd be very happy with that. <laughs> There'd be a lot of... of Former teammates of mine laughing their heads off in the car at the moment. I would like to because they know how much of a hack I was. But uh, <laughs> they cut the angles. You're yeah, a smart player. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I was priming myself for a radio career through that time. Very early. Yeah, people, you know, you know, prime themselves for a professional football career. Yeah. I knew quite early that uh, I lacked uh, lacked that that something to be a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was that something? Uh, you know, just ability just and ability, athleticism right. and it's an issue. Stuff. Yeah, it becomes an issue that at some stage through your career if you haven't got any ability. <laughs> <laughs> but, I know, but the important thing is to recognise it. Yes, and have another focus, which yes. you did. And you're making uh, massive gains in the world of media at the moment. Of Thank course, you. Here at half time. Thank you. Mm. Happy so yeah, but there you go. Just clarify that uh, I know nothing else about anything else round. But <laughs> yeah. I disagree. But we don't need to get bogged down by that today. This, this afternoon, Carlos. There's plenty going on. Yeah. in the world of world of sport. And I read a tweet from you before. Yeah. Uh, when I was following the Twitter uh, at Making Underscore Media, Carlos, uh, what have we got? Are we going to get an A-League strike? Yep, is the question. If yes, whose fault will it be? Uh, What's that's a, the that's question. A question. Is, that, is that the hot topic? Well, let's. I'd like it to be. I know we sort of discussed it weeks ago, not really believing it was going to happen. We, I suppose, for dramatic effect, we we started talking about it. But since then, the Matildas, of course, withdrawn from the uh, the US, US tour. tour, and something like 140,000 tickets were sold for over two games for those games. I mean, that was, that was a huge How tour. Many? 140,000 tickets. And, uh, and so this was a huge, big financial you know event over there in the US. And for the girls to walk away from that, and I actually had... Uh, had a chance to have a chat with Laura Alloway uh, at Melbourne yeah. City, who's the new Melbourne City player uh, for the W League team, one of the one of the first signed, and she was a Matilda that played in the in the recent World Cup in Canada, the big strapping uh, centre half who was a fantastic uh, pillar in defence there for them, and she was so excited about going. She's still a very young footballer, and uh, you know a decade of Matilda international football in front of her. And so not long after that, they announced they were not going. So it was a huge decision for the girls. And um, obviously that made me think, geez, you know, the players are now looking to put a lot on the line here. Mm. Uh, and, you know, if you look at, you know, I suppose the second part of that question, if they do have an A-League strike, uh, whose fault is it? Uh, and, you, and you look at the current financial state of the FFA plus the clubs and, you know, they're coming out and saying, well, it's not affordable what the PFA is saying or asking for. And uh, you look at the evidence. The evidence is, you know, 
if you if you believe the figures out there, seventeen million dollars of co- the collective losses were were suffered by the owners of the A League clubs last year, and and per year that's what they're losing. Seventeen million. Seventeen million. They're talking about those sort of figures, and uh, the Socceroos don't have a, a sponsor, and uh, and I've that, is, that staggers me. That I know. Still. Since by, by the way, since two, late two thousand thirteen, they've had and had a, a shirt sponsor, and that's a major, you know, international sporting team, Australian's international sporting team, and and you know I've had the chance in the last couple of weeks to to travel around to some of the A-League clubs and look at the facilities and and not all of them are, are, are flush with great facilities at the moment so uh, but then you, you, know, you look at the PFA and of course the Matildas they're on they're on $21,000 a year and expected to be full-time athletes I mean really I mean you've got to do something about no that uh, and then and you know I, I know that the PFA and the players over the over the since since the NSL have sacrificed so much in trying to make sure that the A-League flourished. Uh, in the last collective bargaining agreement, they didn't pursue the higher the higher figures that they might be looking at now because they knew that, that we needed to invest in the game. So they've been quite patient and tolerant over the years too. So I can't answer the question whose fault it will be, but I reckon there's a real chance that it might be an A-League strike. Well, we can't have that. Uh, what, what are you s- concerned about that in SEM land? Are you concerned that there may in fact be an A-League strike. And, and what would it do, Carlos, if it was to get to that point? We, you know, joining the dots a bit here at the moment. But if it was to get to that point, all the goodwill that's been going the game's way in the last couple of years with the performances of the Socceroos, with the quality of the A-League, uh, with the players that have come in to be a part of the competition, there's been such interest and goodwill created through that, Carlos. If this was all to be torn down due to a an industrial dispute, effectively, is what it is, uh, what would that do to the branding of the game and, and the... A sentiment of the game from the fans. Oh, I think it'll be huge. And, and and if the FFA and the PFA think that people will forget, they won't forget. Nothing, football supporters don't forget. Uh, if you, you've just got to get into a football crowd and uh, what they come up with sometimes, they just do not forget. And I just think there's a they're playing with fire, both PFA and FFA here. If they're thinking they're, they're, they're operating on, on the brink and thinking they're going to get the deal they want, well, people will get burnt. At the moment, you know, there's there's a bit of indifference out there. Maybe people taking a little bit of notice about the Matildas because I think they deserve a better deal out of everyone. They certainly do deserve a better deal. But there's no games on right now. If, it, if, this, if this at all... Um, connects with the A-League season, especially the derbies. They're talking about maybe the derbies being influenced in some way. Uh, I hope the FFA and PFA know what they're doing because they're both, and, and, and by the way, when I say the PFA, the players, because people will not forget, uh, especially if you're, if you're going to disrupt uh, a club where their supporters are expected to spend money on memberships and, and, and you know really support the A-League when there's other leagues around the world they can support. Um, I just think they're playing with fire. It's a, it's a really dangerous thing. I don't mind the brinksmanship right now because yep. that's what there's nothing to, to really affect except the Matilda's not going on this US tour. But if it gets too close to the A-League and starts affecting that, well, I think uh, there'll be hell to pay and I think a lot of fans won't be happy about that. Does it, is it easier for, and this might be taken the wrong way, but please don't take it that way, mm. is it easier for the Matildas to strike because... They're only risking $21,000 as part of their, their uh, annual salary from the FFA as opposed to the A-League players risking strike because they're on, what's the average A-League, yeah. wage, uh, A-league wage? Oh, look, I, I, yeah, I think the minimum average. wage is what your minimum wage would be in normal work. Uh, but Barisha, uh, Bursa Barisha came out in the last 24 hours and said, you know, I really feel for the Matildas. We're fine as A-League players. Yep. Oh, well, he's fine because he's a marquee player. But most of the A-League players, you're playing first-team football regularly. You're getting a good wage. Yep. Uh, it's not a wage that will set you up for life, but it's a good wage for where you are right now. Uh, you know, it, it, 
it is incumbent on the PFA to push as hard as they can. Uh, but if it's at, at the expense of um, of the fans in some way, I think it's it's. Yeah, look, I just think uh, both the FFA and the PFA are in for a bit of trouble here, and the PR war. Who knows? Uh, you talk about the you know how easy it is for the Matildas, but you know how... I'm not saying it's easy, but yeah. easier. Well, uh, considering uh, that there's not really, uh, yeah. which is staggering in itself when you break it down, not really too much on the end of it. For twenty grand, which is twenty still three thousand mm. bucks, but you're putting in that much effort for twenty grand. You could go and get a job yep. and, and not be a professional athlete and make a heap more money than twenty grand. Look, I think, that. but I think also. You know what they what an argument here for the Matildas is that they don't they don't bring money in, and because they don't bring money in, there's uh, there's no justification to increase their wages. But I I just think half the population are female. They're gonna and a lot of that a big percentage of that in Australia these females don't mind sport, so they're either going to play sport or going to watch sport. Mm. And if the Matildas are doing well in a in a World Cup, surely there's other ways other than Gate receipts and uh, you know, uh, you know, other sponsorships. Uh, there's other ways the FFA and the sport can actually connect with uh, uh, indus- uh, uh, the female athlete industry uh, through the performance of uh, of the Matildas. The Matildas team right now are quite a young team. Yep. They're looking for a career in this sport. How can you expect them to engage half the population? Uh, for commercial gains of the FFA and so forth, and, and make this W League flourish if they're expected to be, you know, working full time and getting paid casual wages. I yeah. mean, it's 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 impossible. So I think that that's really really important that we sort that one out. The A League and the Socceroos. Well, if there's only so much of the pie. You know, sorry guys, you may have to wait. But then again, I don't know the figures, so you know, I, I apologise to anyone out there who's uh, is on the poverty line of footballer. But the Matildas, for sure, they need something uh, to to incentivise the fact that they they've got to make this a career. I'll, yeah, I've got another point on that. But Greg Moorbach wants to talk about the Matildas. Good day, Greg. Good day, guys. How you doing? Good, thanks. Um, I don't have very good hearing, but um, you've said a couple of times that the Matildas are on a base rate of twenty-one grand. I believe so. That's what's in, reported in the media. I've got a second-year apprentice who's on more than that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, ab- yeah. I think that's disgusting. I mean, these, these girls did so very well in the last... I was at the World Championship or World Cup. They yeah. took part. They did so well. They did so proud. And yet they're on second-year wages. It's just disgusting. It's just, There's so much of a, a, a ridiculous gap between men and female and girls, I should say, or women. It's just... Equality's got to kick in, and, and these ladies make us proud when they're winning, and yet they work for work for peanuts. I mean, that's just disgusting. And Greg, I've been lucky in the last couple of weeks to actually interview a number of the Matildas who are playing for the W League clubs at the moment, and as role models, their messages out there. If we can't use those messages and the fact that they're fantastic role models out there to help community programs, to help. Uh, some of the commercial programs that the FFA and some of the clubs might have. We, we, we just don't know what we're doing if we can't use that. They are as, uh, as impressive a role model as anyone in netball, anyone in basketball, uh, any other girls who are playing tennis. Uh, they are up there with a lot, and they're young. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're great athletes, and they represent us so well. So really, for them, there's no question that they need, need to be looked after here. We're currently uh, talking about the pay dispute between the players and the uh, the FFA at the moment. Carlos, a lot of um, a lot of people getting involved with the SMS and a lot of callers lining up as well on the open line, 949-1116. This, this situation, 
is there a bigger picture at play here for, for the FFA? Because there's a lot of national programs that they run at junior level, 17, 19s, 21s, Oli Roos, boys, girls, all that sort of stuff. So there's a whole lot of costs involved with running the game at national level in those development categories. And then you've got your Matildas you've got to pay for. Then you've got your Socceroos you've got to pay for. My, uh, there's got to be a point. Uh, what I'm reading in between the lines here is that there's not a lot of money at the FFA to pay for all this. All this. So how do how do these programs work going forward? Because you want to develop the game. You've got to have a... a a, a form line from junior foot, junior soccer to, to elite underage soccer to professional soccer. If you can't afford this and if you can't manage these programs to a point where they fund themselves somehow, and I don't know how they do that, then that's a bad sign for the game, isn't it? Look, the these national teams, it's funny, you know, you're damned if you do, damned, damned if you don't. If, if you don't invest money into these in the preparation for these national teams and they go to a Youth World Cup and they don't go well, that coach gets sacked. Yep. Uh, Craig Foster's on, on TV, let's sack this guy, right? I mean, it happened with Edge Postacoglu many years ago. Uh, no, don't get me angry. But, but the thing is, there's so much expectation that first we have a the national teams at all junior age groups from, yep. from Joey's onwards up to the national team. Uh, and they, and they, then they perform well and they play a good brand of football, which means they need preparation. That means tours everywhere. They've got yep. to play in Asia, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, there's co- the whole thing, the whole thing. You've got to invest to make sure you sh- you're showing that, uh, that you're uh, investing in the soccer is down the track. Mm. Um, so you have to have these things. You, you can't walk away. I mean, you'd be so slammed all around the world if you just didn't have them. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, uh, there is a certain pie. I mean, David Gallup, you know, is, unless he's pulling the wool over our eyes, there, there's a pie out there and it's being stretched and stretched and stretched. There's, not, there's just not enough to go around. Uh, obviously, the saviour here, and they're still talking to, apparently with only three weeks to go before the season, still talking to a possible free-to-air network, might be Channel 9, Channel 7, where they might do Friday night games of the A-League on their second channels or third channels or something like that. Yep. SBS has got that contract right now. They don't really want it. FFA know that they don't want it, but it's there at the moment, and they'll 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 uh, abide by that contract for the next two years if they have to, but they really want to get away with it, so they're happy to sort of pass it on to someone else if they can. If the free-to-air comes in, suddenly the TV rights money comes in. The TV rights money uh, drives AFL, drives the rugby. That's got to start driving the football. But if, just on this point at the moment, if the SBS don't want it, and you're not going to get Channel 9 and Channel 7 executives, whoever it might be, aren't stupid. They're going to say, well, they don't want it. We're not going to, we'll give you 24 bucks for it. So you're not going to make yeah. any money out of that. If it's someone else's trash, they're not going to pay over the over the odds for it. I don't think SBS are paying that much for it at the moment. Uh, and uh, it was just to get it on TV. Um, look, if, look, that maybe that's why it's taken so long to get a deal with a Channel 9 or a Channel 7 who have dabbled with the you know international games, the, yep. you know, the off-season games, and they've shown an interest. Uh, I think what what's saleable for them or marketable for them is other derbies, the Sydney derby, the Melbourne derbies, uh, you know, the big big games, even the Melbourne versus Adelaide games. I mean, they're big games. If you had them on a Friday night and Channel Nine or Channel Seven packaging those, that's they're real events. So maybe they're looking at driving a hard bargain with that, and not so much showing Matilda games or not Matilda games, but uh, W League games or even some of the lower profile A League games. Is there enough money in the game for this point? To not be right. I don't, look, I, I don't, I'm not privy to their accounts, but I, I, having been around, talking to people, knowing the circumstances with the Newcastle Jets, they're owned by the FFA at the moment. Central Coast Mariners are on the on the 
you know, on the bread line right now. Brisbane Raw are actually uh, their their owners aren't paying superannuation to the players. The the, the Bakery Group, the Indon- Indonesian mob, just they're not paying the superannuation to the players. So three of the you know thirty percent of the teams at the moment are struggling financially. Um, you know there are other teams who are struggling financially who uh, who who still survive. I mean Melbourne Victory is not at, at its capacity, even though they're probably the only team making money at the moment. That's a concern. John's in Mooney Ponds. Good day, John. Hi guys, how are you? Good, Good mate. Look, I, I'm not, I'm not exposed to facts and figures, but um, I'm a look. I'm a, I'm a victory member. I've been so from nine years out of the ten, and and look, I'll, I'll always be on the on the play side. And I think if, if there's a PR war, I think FFA will uh, will lose the will lose the uh, people watching a game. If you're a true fan, look, it wouldn't be ideal if the guy if there's a strike, but. You know, it wouldn't worry me too much. Um, but John, it'd be a problem think, if there was a strike and there isn't money there, because it's it's pointless. Well, so, how, look, how how can we? And you mentioned that before. PFAs have taken a seat back since the NSL days, and then you mentioned uh, uh, that the national team, uh, Asian champions, can't even get a. Uh, uh, team sponsor. I mean, yep. what's David Gallup and the rest are doing? Surely, surely, what? You know, I don't know if um, Qantas went to Wallabies or if they're sponsoring another national team. But you know, come on. That, that is the argument of the PFA. What are we doing to market this game better? And they they want to have a bit of a piece of that too, just because they probably feel they can do it better. So there there is a lot of work to do still, uh, John. And I'm not. Anti PFA, that's for sure. I, you know, I, I've painted the picture of what they've sacrificed and the players have sacrificed for the last 15, 20 years, and uh, and so I can't find a fault there. But if they do strike and there's no money, well, they're not going to get what they want anyway. So I'm kind of hoping that everyone's responsible about what they do. Thank you, John, for your call. Uh, Mitch is in Warrigal. Good day, Mitch. Good day, guys. How are we? Good, Good mate. Good. Look, I'm a flying fly out worker. I just got off the plane at two a.m. this morning from Perth. I'm here you know, every second week in Melbourne, you know, and I still have to drive an hour and a half to the game. I pay 300 bucks for my membership and, you know, because I'm out in the middle of nowhere, I hear, you know, about all these player strikes and that. And, you know, as it is, I struggle to spend time with my family, let alone trying to fit football in there. And if the players are going to, you know, strike and all that, you know, I understand that, you know, everyone wants more money. I'm going to pull my membership and I've been a member for nine years. I shouldn't have to drive an hour and a half, you know, than to miss out on, you know, watching football. And, you know, I can't even take my two-year-old, three-year-old son because he wants to come because they're all night games. I mean, what happened to, you know, the uh, the day games, you know? You know, Perth and Newcastle seem to get a lot of day games. Wellington as well. Why, why don't the victory get more, more day games? I don't know the answer to that, Carlos, but uh, there you go. It's uh, yeah. just one supporter just throw it in. Just not worth it. Like I said at the start, this I is think all hypothetical PFA, at this stage, by the, the way. No, but I, I think with the with what happened with the Matildas, I mean that was a huge move, mm. not going on that tour when they. And by the way, that split the Matildas too. There was a lot of girls who yeah. still wanted to go, so that was huge for those girls. Uh, with those, those sort of crowds against the world champions, I mean, and the young team, I mean, they were keen as mustard to get over there. Mm. Uh, so for them to do that, that was huge. So for me, uh, industrial action during an A-League season, maybe at the start of the A-League season, is, is no longer something that, uh, you know, is only a fantasy. I think there's a real possibility it might happen. Thank you, Mitch, for your call. David in Warrandyke. Good day, David. Yes, how are you going? Going well. Good, mate. 
Um, I'm a parent of an NTC uh, girl playing in the FFE system at the moment with aspirations to play for Australia and you know, may or may not make it, of course. Um, but we were AFL people, never had any contact with soccer. Um, all of a sudden, she starts playing soccer. We're going to A-League games. We're a family of five. We're buying tickets. We're buying shirts. We're getting Foxtel so that we can watch um, European leagues at night so that she can take them. Um, the FFA have to understand, and I think they do, but that it's a broader subsidy, that when they pick up one girl, they might pick up, and we know plenty of other families who are in the same boat. So it filters through. Absolutely, Dave. And, and the other thing too, if uh, your daughter goes on to be a Kaya Simon or a, a Lisa Devana, suddenly she is a role model and inspires a generation of girls who might want to play the game or when they become mums, might want their kids to play the game. And they, per- you know, the 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 merchandising and all the other stuff that comes around. It's huge. We um, uh, we've got a, had a W League girl help my daughter out. She, we had to convince her to get paid. She didn't want to take any money. These girls aren't in it for the money. They just want to be able to do it and do it to the best of their ability. We convinced her to take fifty dollars an hour and looked at it as a bit of a, a sponsorship on our part. Um, some of these girls are, you know, going from house to house billeting while they're in the W League. Mm. Um, people are looking after them. So it is is—it is a disgrace. Like, I don't believe that there's not enough money somewhere in that massive pit that is soccer, um, which tends to, you know, if other leagues around the place can uh, can make a dollar, I don't see why they can't. So, yeah. Well, that, that, interesting point, David, about other leagues making a dollar. I mean, even even if you look at the AFL, Carlos, it's, well, how long has that been around? 100 and yep. many years? 120 years, so. Um and everyone talks about the $2.5 billion they've got for the next six. It's taken 120 years to get to the point where that's the possibility. But there's plenty of clubs out there that are still mm. seeking assistance from, from headquarters throughout all this. So running football teams and running competitions at this level and paying for everything isn't an easy thing to do. We've, over 120 years, clubs can't get it right in the AFL. This competition's been going 10. Yeah, well, being, a, being a doggy supporter, we nearly you know, closed down a few times and the difference now between the old VFL days where your AFL or your VFL teams could have been shut down uh, is that, you know, there's equalisation. There's there's money ploughed in by the, FFA, uh, by the AFL mm. and we're not hearing as much the dire straits the clubs are in financially because they're all backed by the TV money. Football, soccer doesn't have that. And until we have that, um, in in this in this climate in this environment, we're going to have this problem. And players, you know, David, great point about the girls not wanting money, but that's not sustainable. Yeah. If if you're going to actually have athletes. a if you're going to have a career where these girls have to strive to be world champions, for example, um, and it has all the benefits that 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 sort of come from that, you need to give them a proper career path, which means they need to be remunerated properly too along the way. Carlos Alberto Diego is with us on halftime. He struck a chord today with our World Game fans. Uh, talking about the pay dispute between the players and the FFA at the moment. PFA v FFA, a lot of A's and P's and F's <laughs> floating around Carlos. And uh, probably some F's in some yeah. offices as well. <laughs> Just quietly. Blackie in Brighton is not an F, he's a B. He's a double B for Blackie from Brighton. He's on the line. G'day, Blackie. Blackie. Good intro it was, Blackie. I gave you plenty. <laughs> Black, well, hold Blackie. Let's get to David in Dunkel. Double D. Hello, David. <laughs> Double D. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, gents? Yeah, good, good mate. mate. This is disgusting. I'm fair thinking about enough of this. This game is right on the edge of exploding in the most positive fashion. I'm the president of a local football club here in Ballarat, and it's, um, 
at going gangbusters. The numbers are phenomenal. Mm. The potential in this game is huge. The success in this game is multiplying. Just pay it. Just pay it and be done with it. Well, you've got to have it, though. This is my thing. I don't believe that's not there because there's, there's people wanting to get involved in the game. There's, there's money there. We're, we're still a minnow in this country in, in the terms of sport. But there's people wanting to get involved. People are starting to come around to the game. Um, we've had juniors sign up this year that have come from AFL to, to play what I call the real football. have come across. So there is a transition there. People want to be involved. And this is applied on our sport. I think the the problem that the FFA have is that the PFA are packaging all the negotiations, uh, the Matildas, the A-League and the Socceroos all in the same bundle. So if the FFA say, no, we want to pay more money to the Matildas, it still won't be acceptable to the PFA and the players because they have to be able to tick off on all three. And that's the thing that's really, think from what I believe, holding things up at the moment. Now, for me, if you're... If you're looking for a, a decent negotiation right there and look at if there's really no money there, you've got to look after the Matildas first. You've got to find the money to look after them, at least minimum wage, even more, to make it a proper career path for girls coming through the ranks at the moment. Secondly, if you're looking at the A-League, you've got to pay maybe whoever's on the minimum wage now up that to make sure it's a career for those young guys coming through and they're not you know, on the poverty line while they're trying to forge a career. If anyone's got to wait right now, it's the top-end A-League players and the Socceroos. I mean, I don't know of one Socceroos not a millionaire. Now, I'm not saying that they don't deserve more money. You know, obviously, there's a value to them representing the country. But if, you've only, if the pie is only so big, why in the media it, right now, uh, you know, is there a threat of A-League you know, strike or so forth, throw the Socceroos in right now? Because that's just not going to happen. If there's not, gonna, if there's not enough money there, if it's not affordable, the Socceroos have to wait. The top end or middle end to top end A-League players have to wait. And maybe the young guys are looked after in the A-League and certainly the Matildas. Throw the money at them and make it a real career for them. So uh, thank you, David, for your call. Um, so you're suggesting that the fact that it's all lumped in together is hindering the process here. Really. Well, that's, that's what's coming out of David Gallup. That, you, what yeah. you say makes a hell of a lot of sense. That The Socceroos, uh, most of those bikes are going all right, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they are. And, and, I, I don't want to begrudge them extra, extra money, by the way. But, but if it's there, but that's you pay when them. They, when they play Socceroos. If they go to a World Cup, work on that, yeah. all that type of thing. But they're only at the Socceroos how many games a year? Three or four games a year, maybe? Average? Yeah, I mean, every, every international break. So, international yeah. break, whatever it might, whatever it might yeah. be. It's not a hell of a lot. Mm. Uh, and yes, there should be a fee for that because you are... Mm. You know, representing your country and you're bringing great um, credit to the game and to the FFA and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, there's a fee that comes along with that, being a professional. But in the scheme of things, as you say, I would imagine what you what you uh, eloquently put is them being the last to wait is, is absolutely correct. Well, that's, that's what should be. Especially when you've got the situation when the Matildas, uh, you know, they've got to decide whether they want to be, you know, world champions or work day-to-day. In a, in, a, in a full-time job away from football. Do you really want that and still call it a career path? Because it's not a career path. Get fair income about looking after the girls because now they're showing that if you invest in these girls, we've, we've, got, a, we've got a team that could win the World Cup one day. You know, they've won the Asian Cup. Mm. Uh, they've done very well in the Asian region. They could win the World Cup one day and they're a young team. Invest in that because the benefits will flow from that. Okay, so, you know, if you right now, and by the way, they've had 30 meetings 
It might be 32 meetings since the last time we spoke. PFA, FFA, they've they've met 32 times, okay, to try and sort that out. Mm. Now, fair dinkum. Do I need to go in there and just say, look after the girls, look after the bottom end of the A-League. Socceroos, you can wait. You're you're fine. Okay, you're not going to jump up and down. Look, there's your negotiation. They tick off and everyone's happy. Why aren't you in that room? I don't know. Uh, Why aren't I in that room? This is a question with that notice. I'll uh, get your answer after we speak to Kevin in Port Melbourne, but... Um, is this part of the reason the elite athlete that is Elise Perry has chosen to pursue a cricket career over a soccer career? Do you, I'll give you a chance to have it if you know that. We'll get to Kevin in Port Melbourne. G'day, Kev. Hi, Daniel. Hi. How you doing? Thank you. Yeah, good, thanks. Hi, Carlos. Carlos, I'm going to have a little bit of homework for you at the end of this because I don't <laughs> expect you to know the answer straight off the bat. Yeah. And with Stuart Victory. And look, I'm going to stay on the women as well. And just as an aside, Elise Perry has signed for one of the WV clubs this year, so she isn't, uh, hasn't given away the okay. soccer completely. Oh, good info, thank you. Um, but that's all right. Um, but cricket's been our main goal the last little bit. Um, sorry, with the soccer, look, it's, I agree with you, Daniel. I think you're right. There probably isn't enough money in the pot, but it's not just about money. It's about marketing as well. Mm. And with the... With the women, I think that the W League, I mean, I take your point on the Matildas, and I love those women girls, and I'd love them to get more money. But they've also, for the Matildas of the future, that's only a handful of girls. We need to have a strong W League so that we're going to have a pipeline of girls coming through. Yep. And the W League, to be honest, I mean, taking victory, which is the best club in the country, um, victory are appalling with the women's team this year in particular. Like City have set up a team this year, and we've got drip set on what they're doing in terms of recruiting people. They've managed to get the past victory coach and three of the victory players that I would have thought were required players, a couple of other um, Matildas, and some other good signings. So far on victory, we well, I don't know who the coach is. I haven't a clue who's on the roster. And the fixture list has come out. And the games, we go to all the home games um, for the women. Uh, and we're probably the only ones that do that aren't connected by family or by friends or whatever. We've gone since season one. Yep. And <clears throat> it's like gone back to season one because this year – Victory games, are, there's a couple in Broadmeadows, a couple in Epping, a couple in, in Kingston East. Uh, you know, the girls should be playing as curtain raisers to the mm. A-League and, you know, let it in for free so that we get people to come and build an audience and whatever. And then you might grow the pot because at the moment it's just a shambles. City, by comparison, I mean, fair play to them, they seem to be pretty good, but City's games are in Faulkner and that's hardly um, central either, you know. I mean, it'll suit the people that are close, but and I'll try to get to some of their games as well. But, like, you know, I think the marketing of the W League is just appalling. Well, it comes back to the age-old issue with, with female sport, uh, particularly in Australia. I don't know the global stage, Carlos, with this, but um, in Australia, that it's hard to commercialise it. And it just it doesn't seem to be something that sports fans are actively invo- engaged in wanting to get involved in. But this is where the problem There's is. Before you've got an issue, so you've got to pay for yeah, it elsewhere. We shouldn't be comparing source. the top-end women's sport with the attendances of the men and all the other high-profile stuff. Look at it as a marketing opportunity to half the population, mm. to the young girls out there, the mums out there. Okay, they all they all uh, either love sport or want to spend their money in some way. Yep. Uh, you've got to actually make sure you've got to change your whole view on the benefits that women's sport can bring at that total level. You're not going to get your twenty thousand people to a W League derby. Yep. Right, so you've got to look at it differently. Carlos is with us. Uh, we'll move on, Carlos. It's uh, taken up a lot of the uh, time this afternoon. We thank everyone for the involvement there. And uh, clearly, an, an issue mm. and a debate that people are engaged in and emotional about, Carlos, and, and want to have their say on. So that was that's a good sign for the game, to be frank, because um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of other good ones going on. Just at the minute, what we have got in terms of good news is, what about uh, my man, 
Costas Katsaranis, <laughs> yes. who's decided he's going to ditch the Greek national team and uh, end up uh, playing for Mighty Hotelberg United. What's going on there, Carlos? Well, it's it's a, it's a one night only. <laughs> that they're, at this stage. Uh, by the way, congratulations to our friends there at Hotelberg United. They're thinking outside the box. They've just signed uh, the former Greek international. I'm not sure whether he's playing too many games right now for the national team, but he was part of the... the June the, last the, year he played. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. But 2004, he was, me- he was a member of that uh, great... Greece to Greek team that won the uh, European Championships. Uh, Costa Katsaranis. My man. And uh, a defensive midfielder who's a legend. And, uh, and Heidelberg are bringing him for one night only <laughs> against Melbourne City in late September for the quarterfinals of the FFA Cup. You got it. Fenicum. Heidelberg, stand up. Pat yourself on the back. This is fantastic. I don't know whether he'll win you the game, but just the fact he's rocking up. And apparently, he's, you know, he's he's gonna give the kid, give the give the boys a couple of training nights beforehand, so he'll be there a couple of, you know, come in the week before. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna cost them a heap of money, but I think it's worth it. And uh, and it's just, you know, I just love the fact they're thinking outside the box. Nice work by my man at Heidelberg United. <laughs> Costas is my man, so I'm looking forward to seeing how he goes for Heidelberg United. Speaking of uh, next week, uh, they um, they got the Melbourne City, of course. Melbourne Victory take on so that's the week after that game. Mm. And Melbourne Victory take Adelaide United next week, and Hume City take on the Oakley Cannons. Yeah. Excited about that, Carlos. The local scene. The local scene up and about next Tuesday, I would imagine. Which means we're going to get a minnow in the semis too. We love Half the minnows. Oh, yes. What a storyline. Absolutely. And, and a minnow from Victoria. So out of Hume and Oakley for sure, and it'll be, it'll be terrific. Slightly contrasting stories. Uh, not so much minnows. The UEFA Champions League, Carlos. Some games played overnight. And a yucky little injury oh, yeah. to... Look, what was his name? Uh, Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw. Uh, I don't know. If, look... If you haven't seen it, don't don't, don't Google it. it. Don't, don't Google don't it. Look. Clean break through the leg. Uh, and this kid was on fire. 20-year-old. He was a biggest signing for, for a product his age last year. £30 million. Uh, Man United bought him from uh, uh, Southampton. Mm. Uh, great young player. And he was playing brilliant football this year. And uh, broke his leg against Eindhoven overnight. And they lost the game too. He probably should have got a penalty for that too. But uh, 2-1, they lost uh, Manchester United. And, of course, uh, those Man City fans out there thinking that uh, the fact that they're leading the league by so much at the moment that they can suddenly take over Europe. Well, Juventus beat them at home 2-1 against Man City. So uh, uh, Ronaldo scored a hat-trick for Real Madrid against Shakhtar at uh, the Bernabeu. And, of course, two of those were penalties, but he, you know, no one was going to take the ball off him. No. Uh, but a third was uh, just a rebound off the keeper and the header. So, uh, yeah, Champions League back in... Uh, back and firing up for us and uh, of course there's big games on tomorrow too